Hey guys, this is Stacy from Must Do Disney and VO Buzz Weekly. You are listening to Stories of the Magic and it is awesome. Don't miss it. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 113 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic and legacy, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place and I'm glad you're here. And if this is not your first episode, welcome back and I'm glad you're back. Today we get a fantastic return visit from Stacy J. Aswad. You know her from Must Do Disney at Walt Disney World, VO Buzz Weekly, and more. The first time she was on, we ran out of time before we ran out of stuff to talk about, so she's back and we had a lot of fun. Before we get to the interview, I have an extra special announcement. Drumroll, please. <laughs> Announcing the first ever Listeners, Readers, and Friends Cruise hosted by me. I, through this podcast and through my book, Faith in the Magic Kingdom, have teamed up with Skywalking Through Neverland podcast for this epic event. We'll be sailing on my favorite ship, the Disney Wonder, for a five-night Baja Mexico cruise September 17th to the 22nd, 2017, and you are invited. We'll be able to dine together, do a port adventure together in one of the ports, and even do some fun hangouts like a live podcast recording or two, a Faith in the Magic Kingdom chat, and more. All optional, of course. Participate in as many or as few of the group activities as you want to. And the more people we have in our group, the more options we'll have to do cool things. Now, yes, I know September 2017 sounds like a long time from now, but we need to start planning and preparing now because there's a lot that goes into this. Also, as the ship fills, it will get harder and harder to keep our group together and to get you the best possible price. Besides, you want to have enough time to save for it, right? More details will come as we have them, including a couple other podcasts we're working on partnering with and maybe even a special guest or two. But for now, your first step is to get more information from me. Go to storiesofthemagic.com slash cruise quote and click on the orange get a quote button in the upper left to get a free no obligation quote. You're not committing to anything, just getting information with that request. In the comments section, mention Stories of the Magic so I know that you want to be a part of our group. Or if you prefer, you can email me at randyc at cruisingco.com or call me at 714-697-6755. And if you missed all of that contact info, you are welcome to email or call me here at the podcast instead, and we'll start from there. We hope to see you on the Disney Wonder with us for a truly amazing adventure. Now, in this episode, Stacy talks about what's making her smile today, a summary of how she got started working with Disney, some of the updates that she's done for Must Do Disney in the last couple of years, whether she's ever been interrupted while filming a segment, especially now that more people recognize her, how she keeps her energy up for an overnight shoot, 
some things she hasn't been able to do yet that she really wants to. One of these really surprised me. Visiting Disneyland for the first time. The first time she remembers thinking, I'm doing something really special. How her show with Chuck Duran, VO Buzz Weekly, got started, and why she feels so fortunate to be a part of it. The thing that's been the most unexpected to her about the show? Many of the hats that she wears, especially when it comes to VO Buzz Weekly. Being an animal lover and advocate? How you can get an autographed picture of her and help her support animal welfare and rescue. If she could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, what it would be and why. A quick aside mentioning the thematic tie between Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith and the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. What inspires her? Her advice to you for following your dreams. And of course, shameless plug time. For her stuff and for my book at her insistence. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Listen. Hey, hey, Skywalkers. This is Richard, and over here is my sweetie wife, Sarah. You can call me Jedi Tink. And we are Skywalking Through Neverland. Jimmy Mack here. When you wish upon a podcast, wish upon this podcast. These guys are awesome. (laughs) We are a fan-focused podcast that covers Star Wars, Disney, pop culture, and their fandom communities. The stuff that surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds us all together as instantaneous friends. What do you know? We showcase what people are doing in the world of fandom and talk to those who are involved firsthand in the universes that we love. This is Margaret Carey, Tinkerbell. This is Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett from Star this Wars. Steve Sansweet from Rancho Obi-Wan. Hey, it's James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I happen to be skywalking through Neverland right and now. I'm and skywalking I am through skywalking Neverland. through and I Neverland. I am skywalking through Neverland. I've always hated space travel. <laughs> skywalking through Neverland is the ultimate expression of fandom. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and our website, skywalkingthroughneverland.com. And remember, Neverland on Alderaan. (laughs) And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Almost two years ago, I had the pleasure of having Stacey J. Aswad on Stories of the Magic on episodes 55 and 56. From my first visit to Walt Disney World in 2010, Stacy has set the tone for every one of my Walt Disney World vacations, as she has for millions of others. I always tell people who are going to Disney World for the first time that immediately upon getting to their on-property hotel room, they need to turn on the TV and watch Must Do Disney with Stacy. I can think of no better way to connect with the magic right away. Stacy and I talked quite a bit in that first interview, but believe it or not, we had to skip over some things, so I'm very happy to have her back so we can catch up and continue on. In case you missed those first shows and aren't familiar with Stacy, she's a voice actor and a TV, film, and theater actress. She's a Juilliard School dance graduate and co-host of the popular web series VO Buzz Weekly, a show featuring some of the most talented voice actors in the world. And of course, she is the resort TV host of Walt Disney World's top seven must-sees and must-do Disney TV shows that loop 24-7 and are watched and memorized by millions of people. Stacy, welcome back to Stories of the Magic. Thank you, Randy. What a lovely introduction. You are always so, you always make me sound so good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. It's great to be back. I can't believe it's been two years. My gosh, a lot's happened for both of us, huh? That's for sure. 
Yeah, you were first on in the mid-50 episodes, and we're up to, I believe, episode 113 now. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you. And we'll get to this a little bit later, but congratulations on 200 episodes of VO Buzz Weekly. Thank you. Yeah, we're trucking along. It's very, we had a great, uh, a great milestone uh, uh, moment for that, that we celebrated in January. And um, yeah, we'll talk more about that. But, um, but yeah, it was fantastic. I can't believe it. It's, I feel like we've just scratched the surface of possibilities. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Good. Yeah, I can imagine. So I'm going to steal a question from the Introvert Entrepreneur podcast okay. to start off with here, which is, uh, what's making you smile today? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Um, I am so obsessed with watermelon. And now it is watermelon season, Randy. And I picked the most beautiful watermelon. And, you know, you crack it open and when it's perfect, I mean, so that today I was craving watermelon and I picked a beautiful watermelon. So at this very moment, that's making me happy. And I, I think in general, like I think I did my job really, really well today. And so I feel really excited about that. I love uh, I love when I have that feeling like I couldn't have done anything better today. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And you're in good company. My daughter is also obsessed with watermelon right now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Well, and here's the thing, people don't, some people don't know about me. I think I've shared this before, but I literally eat an entire watermelon myself within like a day or two. It's crazy. It's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I eat probably 300 pounds of watermelon between May and September. <laughs> wow. It's ridiculous, but it's good for you. It's like the under acknowledged fruit. It's actually really good for you. And um, people think, oh, it's just, you know, sugar, but it's not. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy for the next few months that I get my watermelon. Oh, good. It doesn't take a lot to please me. See, people think I'm so hard to please. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Yeah. I don't think that was the answer you expected, probably. <laughs> no, but it was a good one. <laughs> okay. I like it. Now, for listeners who might have missed those first appearances here on the show, I'm sure they'll go back and listen. But in the meantime, can you give kind of, just kind of a summary of how you got started working with Disney? And then we can pick up with things we didn't talk about before. Sure. Well, the month of May actually is always a very special month for me because on 5505, my first show, The Top Seven Must Sees at Walt Disney World, went on the air. And so I've just celebrated my 11th year. Uh, it's, it's been an incredible opportunity. And, and back in April of 2005, I was living on the East Coast, and I went to this audition in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was put on tape for this project for Disney. And at that point, I had done commercials and some and some TV and film and some theater. And obviously, I was a dancer before all of that and choreographer, but I had never done official hosting, if you will. So I said, sure, okay. And I, I went, they put me on tape, and a few days later, they said, you need to come back to Atlanta. I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. So I drove back four hours each way and went to the callback, met the director, did the Summit Plummet, the famous Summit Plummet copy. And, <laughs> um, you know, and then within a couple of days, I found out that I had gotten the gig and I only had a couple of days to learn the script and it was one of those moments where I just went, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> uh, 
uh, what have I done? So it was really pretty crazy and pretty amazing. They had done a national search and, and it came down to me and, a, and someone in Los Angeles and they chose me. And so within a couple of days, I was on a plane to Orlando and it was the very first time I had ever been to Walt Disney World it was the first time I set foot uh, on camera in 2005. So that was pretty great. It was a lot of firsts for me that particular 10 days. You know, it's one of those things that they said was a year contract. And then one year became two, became four between, you know, it just kept going. And here we are at 11. So I, it's one of those things that I, and being in the entertainment business, I always try to really stay present to what I'm doing and enjoy it and, and not fixate on what I didn't get or what's going to happen tomorrow. And so for me, I just, I'm so grateful and honored to be a part of this incredible dream place that makes people happy. And, and now, obviously, with social media and with having more access to people getting in touch with me, it's so wonderful to be a part of literally the happiest times in people's lives or the most momentous, you know, the most memorable, whether it's a wedding or engagement, family reunion or first trip or whatever. And so it really makes me so happy to to know that I am in some way a part of, of happy times for people because, you know, what else is there but happiness, right? Right. Now, it's been almost two years since we last talked. Mm -hmm. So what kind of updates have you done for Must Do Disney during that time? I know that the uh, new Fantasyland, I think, completely open during that time. And then there's been some other stuff. So. Yeah. The, well, I, when I first did, I did one kind of fantasy land update. I mean, it, there was still, it was funny because when we shot, there was still cranes and there were things that we had to shoot around because there was still construction happening. So I have not done personally, I have not been on everything. Like I, I said I was going to go on little mermaid and then, you know, I, I couldn't because it wasn't done there's still things that I haven't done. Like I haven't actually been on the seven dwarfs mine train. Um, I know people are like, that's so old news, but I've actually not been on it yet. And so I've done a lot in the last two years, I've done a lot of voiceover updates from here, you know, with all the different mobile apps and different um, technology driven things that are been updated and changed. And I've talked about the Disney Springs name change and, and all of that. But I haven't been there. And so I'm really, I'm kind of getting uh, kind of antsy. I, I need to get my, my Disney World fix. So I'm hoping maybe in the fall because, I mean, I know there's a lot coming. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not being concealing anything. I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, the last time I spoke to everybody through the phone patch was maybe sometime, you know, in the fall. But I'm not sure. So, you know, sometimes I've gone for as short as 36 hours, like when I did Expedition Everest, I literally went there, I wrote it like four or five times, talked about it and got on the plane and came back to Los Angeles. So, and then sometimes I've been there for four days or 10 days or six days. So there's really no pat kind of schedule. It just sort of depends on what's happening and how much they want to do all at once. And scheduling and, and, you know, how busy the parks are, because obviously when we shoot there, we don't want to interrupt anybody's experience. So we try to be as covert as possible. So it's always kind of funny when people kind of walk around the corner and they go, Oh, it's you, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> but actually people think 
I live in the castle and I don't live in the castle. I mean, how great would it be to live in there? But people kind of go, oh, I was there and I didn't see you. Like, I, they think I live there, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever actually been interrupted during a shooting? Well, now, I mean, when I first started, it was sort of, excuse me, who is that? I mean, is this like a weird home movie? Like what's going on? And then every time I've gone back since, obviously people recognize me. So the last, for the last several years, it's been kind of cool because even though we're filming it, I kind of look at it as a live show because people will stand around the the barrier and watch. And so I kind of feel like I'm doing a live show at the same time they're filming it. And, you know, people will ask for autographs and sometimes we'll stop and and we'll do pictures and autographs which is always so lovely i mean people are so sweet and it it means a lot and so last time i was there there was a whole kind of thing going on twitter where it's like have you seen her she's in animal kingdom okay where'd you see her and so there was this sort of like scavenger hunt to find me where i was you go pretty (laughs) fast so you have to be really on it because sometimes when we're shooting we'll shoot two or three parks you know, we'll have different things to shoot and it might even be in, in two or three parks in the same day. So, um, but it's always fun when we're at Disney Springs. The last time I was there, we shot through the night. We started at like seven o'clock at night and shot all the way till sunrise. And so we had to get the last shot in the dark before the sun came up. So I think I was standing on a little apple box in front of Splitsville at like 530 in the morning. And that was the last shot of the whole week. So that was pretty cool. I love when we shoot, you know, night for day and day for night. It's kind of funny. Uh How do you keep your energy up for like an overnight shoot like that? How can you not? You're in the (laughs) world, right? Um, True. You know, I'm kind of weird like that. I, I mean, I can be nocturnal. I mean, I sort of can operate on a little bit of sleep. Like if I get eight hours of sleep, it's great. If I get four, it's fine. Like I, I sort of just, um, roll with it. So when I click into that mode, I mean, there's no excuses. I will give it 150%. And I, you know, I drink a lot of water. So that's a big thing. And I think a lot of it too, just physically is I'm vegetarian all the time. And then I go through phases where I'm vegan and I don't do any dairy. And, and, um, and I think that really helps me for me, my body just feels really, really energized and, and kind of not weighed down by by a lot of stuff. So I think that helps a lot. And and they do a really great job of making sure I have good nutrition while I'm there. Um, and I just, I, I love it. I love it so much. And when I see the people and, and I see I'm reunited with the crew and a lot of the crew has been the same over the years. So it's just this big kind of family reunion. So I, I just, I can't not be tired. I always say I'll sleep on the plane on the way there and on the way back. And and, and try to get a nap here and there if I can, but it's all good. Good. Now, like you said, you've done a lot of this recording from, you know, from home or from you know, a remote studio mm-hmm. and, and sent it in. You've done some on-site things, but a lot of it you end up having to do remotely. And even when you're doing the on-site stuff, you don't necessarily get to experience everything that you have to talk about. So I know you've gotten to experience a pretty fair amount while shooting this show, but is there one thing that you haven't gotten to do that you really want to, you know, an attraction show, restaurant, whatever it might be? Well, everything that I say is great and, and it is a must do. I've, I've been on, and that was actually, it was interesting 
when Expedition Everest was coming to be, at the time I was there, it wasn't open. It hadn't been cleared to, to have anyone on it yet. And so I talked about it, but it didn't show me on it. And that was the first thing they said. That's why I went there literally for 36 hours, because as soon as they could get me on it, they said, we can't say it's the number one at the time. It was the number one and have Stacey not on it saying how great it is. So they're very authentic about that, that, that whatever I say is great. I've actually been on and done, but I crazy things like I've never been, I was talking to someone recently. I've never been in the haunted mansion. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a surprise. Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm there, you know, we have a specific shoot list of what has to get done and experienced. And, um, you know, with, as far as food goes, I'll, you know, maybe they'll give me a bite of something or I'm like, can I at least see the menu or so that I don't fake it. But yeah, like the haunted mansion. And, and when I'm not shooting, I don't really have time to go around and do other things. When I get there, I'm on the clock. And so I don't get to just sort of walk around the parks and do whatever I want to do. So there are some things, kind of the sort of classic things that I haven't necessarily done firsthand. But yeah, Haunted Mansion is one of those things. Huh. Okay. Wow. Do you get to Disneyland much, if at all, since I know you live in Southern California? I have been a couple times. And it was really funny because the first time, uh, it was probably, I don't know, a good nine months after I had moved here and I had the opportunity to go. And someone said to me, oh, well, Stacy, you know, there's no way you're not gonna be able to do Disneyland and California Adventure in the same day. So just forget about it. I'm like, oh, OK, OK, because, you know, when you go to Disney World, you're not doing all four theme parks and water park. You're not doing everything. I was right. like, OK, so I had this sort of vision of that. So I get there and I'm like, what? I can do both. I mean, what are they crazy? So it's just the scale. I mean, obviously, it's it is it's classic and it's amazing and there's things and charm about it. That's different than Disney world. But I was, it was just kind of funny. It felt like everything had been shrunk <laughs> because I'm used to the scale of, of Disney world. So it was really funny. And actually just, I had gone with a few, few friends and we were sort of being obnoxious because we had park hoppers. So we were bopping back and forth between the two going, Oh yeah, sure. We can't do both. It was really funny. And we were really <laughs> smart about the strategy of getting to everything and doing everything. And so we got to really experience, you know, but I had never been on the Matterhorn. And so that was really cool. And then of course it was the whole debate of space mountain here versus space mountain there. So, um, but it was, it was beautiful. And, and, you know, it just, it's, it was, there's, there's things about Disneyland that, that are obviously just unique to it from Disney world. Right. Have you been to the Haunted Mansion out here then? I have. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's something anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a weird experience because there was a little sort of chaos going on. And so I kind of feel like it was there was some issue happening with some people that were there. And so it, it I kind of felt like I didn't quite get the full experience because it was a little interrupted, if you will. But Gotcha. If you can make it back to Disneyland, I will personally take you on the Haunted Mansion. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So having done this for 11 years now, do you remember way, way back, I'm sure this was probably pretty early on, the 
was there a time that you first remember thinking, you know, I'm doing something really special here? Absolutely. I mean, when I came on, the girl before me, Krissa, had been there, I think, for a year. And so I I didn't fully realize how important this vehicle was to people. And I remember when I got there, I turned on the TV and I saw her and I was like, oh, okay. She was great and lovely and, and she had her her style and, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And it was neat to see how she had her show and then how my show was different. And, and then once it went on the air and then I started to hear little rumblings and then people were asking for pictures you know, autograph picture requests. And all of a sudden, you know, my agents will call and say, Hey, this is happening or that's happening. And then things ramped up and then they wanted to renew the contract. And then it was again and again and again, they kept asking me back. And so I, I still, I mean, honestly, I, every time that I go, it's not like, Oh yeah, here I am again. I literally get as excited, maybe if not more so now as I did back then, because I do get the magnitude of how much this brings to people's lives and people try things out of their comfort zone because Stacy made it look fun. So I've got to try that. So I feel, I feel very um, responsible for what I do and how I do it because I know that people are watching. And so it's really, I remember when the top seven must sees changed to must do Disney and it brought in the green screen component and, there were a lot of people that were sort of upset because they said, well, gosh, you don't seem like you're having as much fun. And where's that Stacy energy? And, and it was still there, but the direction they wanted in the studio green screen part was different than in the parks. And so there was this whole kind of dialogue that was happening about, Oh, are you Stacy? Are you not happy there? And you, do you not like it? And I'm like, no, I love it. But I've got to, I've got to do my job and follow the director's direction. So it's always interesting how much people really study it and take it in and memorize it and notice all the subtle little differences or, um, you know, what I'm wearing or how I say stuff. And so, yeah, at first it was a little, it was a little, it was a little interesting because I'm like, oh my gosh, people actually watch this. They're not just flipping through it going, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Have you ever had anybody contact you, maybe on Twitter or something like that, and say, you know, you made such and such, like, let's say, Expedition Everest look really fun, and then I wrote it and I was terrified. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Summit Plummet is the nemesis for many, <laughs> oh, and yeah. I've gotten many a, I can't believe, you know, but my kids made me, or I just, um, yes, definitely I've gotten... I've gotten little notes or posts about, I can't believe I did that, but you know, you made it look fun. And, but I, you know, I think it's all, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. And you know, as they say, life begins outside your comfort zone, right? That's true. Absolutely. It's only a few seconds of your life. Summit plummet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I remember hearing somebody say one time and I wish I could remember who it was. I don't remember, but they said something to the effect of the difference between you and your dream is 20 seconds of fear. Mm, mm -hmm. Yep. Well, fear is, is, is the great paralyzer. I mean, people, you know, I mean, I always say, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? 
You know, if you realize your goal or if you end up in a different direction, you've learned something, you've grown, you've tried. And I mean, I, for me, the price of regret is way too expensive. So I, I don't leave any stone unturned. I just, I go for it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And speaking of, you know, living and venturing outside your comfort zone, I'm sure that this was a bit outside your comfort zone. Uh, at the beginning here tonight, we were talking about VO Buzz Weekly. Mm-hmm that you co-host with Chuck Duran. And you've had some great guests on the show. Because it's a YouTube-based show, I don't get to watch as much as I would like. Or, well, you do actually more in the app is when I usually get to watch is in the VO Buzz Weekly app. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just some of the ones I've seen, like James Arnold Taylor, okay. Bill Farmer, June Foray, Rob Paulson, of course, Bill Rogers and Camille Dixon. Uh, most of those people that I just mentioned, except for Bill and Camille, who I've interviewed, I would like to interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's great to get to watch them on your show. So how did that show start? Well, back in 2012, Chuck Duran and I, Chuck is is the go-to voiceover demo producer. He's been in the industry for over 25 years, and he is really instrumental in starting people's careers. I mean, I, I met him when I moved out here, and he helped me start my voiceover career in the right direction. And it's been going strong ever since. And so we wanted to do something together, a creative project. And, you know, obviously as a host, um, things come across my plate and I was just sort of feeling like what I was being offered was not my flavor. Let me say it that way. I, I feel like it was not very, inspiring. It was glorifying things that I would not be proud of or have my parents proud to watch. And so I just thought, you know, I want something that's going to inspire people and help them and educate them and entertain them. And we looked around and we, there's amazing podcasts out there, but there wasn't really a video podcast. So we kind of had this idea of putting the face to the voice of voice actors and writers and agents and casting directors and producers in the industry. And as we know, the voiceover business is not the anonymous stepchild anymore. It's it's so out in the forefront. So we thought, how fun would it be to have a talk show? And so we just went for it and designed the website and and put the studio together the best we could with what we had to work with. And over, I mean, that was in 2012, January of 2012. And here we are over 200 episodes later. Um, we've renovated the studio. We've had incredible guests. And we just really love that we have people watching all over the world and we're kind of bringing Hollywood and bringing the voice of our business to people that don't have in that in their backyard like we do. And the interesting part is that as much as it is about voiceover, it really is about the patterns and behaviors of successful people. So now all these shows later, we have people watching that say, I'm not really interested in being a voice actor, or I'm not necessarily even a fan of voiceover or cartoons, but I'm learning a lot listening to how people succeed in their life and how they went from just having a dream to realizing it. And so I love that because really the universal human experience of persistence and following your passion and not giving up at the first sign of trouble or rejection or setback is really something that anyone in any line of work or any dreamscape can relate to. So that really has been amazing. I mean, for me as 
a producer and a writer and researching everyone and putting together the shows. And then when we sit there and shoot them, I feel like I'm having a masterclass and I feel like it's helped me grow as a performer, as a human being. You know, I feel like I just get this incredible, abundant um, supply of hope and inspiration and education and laughter. And so I'm really, really fortunate to be able to be a part of it. And uh, so as we move forward, I mean, it's just going to keep growing. And, and, you know, I mean, June Foray is in her late 90s. She's still working and, you know, um, talked about Bill Farmer. I mean, these people who have had literally these careers that are multiple decades and just they keep getting better and they keep growing and being more and more creative. So it's just it's incredible to be a part of that and to help bring it to people who wouldn't necessarily have access to it um, and help inspire them. Yeah. And we appreciate it. Well, really thank do. you. So you can watch it on YouTube and you can also watch it on VOBuzzWeekly.com. And then we do have a free app. And then in the next little while, uh, not too long, we've been working really hard on this for the last um, bit. And, you know, it takes it's a process, all the digital back end stuff. But we're going to be having an audio version on iTunes. Uh, oh, great. Yeah. So obviously you won't see it, but you could still go to YouTube or the free app and and watch it later. But for those people who want it on their headphones when they're jogging or they want it in the car, um, that's going to be available very soon. So stay tuned for that. Good. Yeah, it is a little dangerous to try to watch the show while you're jogging or True driving. True story. Yes. <laughs> you're laughing a lot, so you might end up getting a little off balance. And then we don't want those. Uh, we don't want those insurance claims. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> What's been the most unexpected thing about the show? I think how many amazing friendships that we have developed from it. I mean, the voice of our business in general, the people in that community are so kind and loving. It's very different. Not to say there aren't wonderful people in the on-camera side of the business, but Living in both of those worlds, I feel like I'm gravitating much more towards the voiceover side and my career is shifting differently as a result because, you know, life is precious and I, I really want to make sure I'm spending my time and my energy on things that bring me joy and people that bring me joy and with those people. So um, I've, I've really developed some incredible, I feel like, lifelong friendships as a result of doing that. And I think I didn't realize and I, I mean this with all humility, how, you know, I, I didn't realize that I was as good of a writer as I am. I didn't realize I had so much tech knowledge and that I was able to learn so many tech things. I mean, I'm not doing crazy website coding, but I'm doing a lot of backend website stuff and, and inputting things and, and changing data and doing all of that. So that's really exciting. I mean, I, I get to be a part of all of that. It's not like I just sit there and put on a cute outfit and have everyone else do that. I mean, it's very hands-on. Chuck and I are very hands-on with everything. And so just everything from scheduling and researching and producing each episode and then all of the social media promotion, all of that, and planning events and executing live events like our live show for our 200th was a six-month labor of love for me. And so it just it's developed a lot of different skill sets that I – maybe thought I had, or I wasn't even sure that I knew I wanted, but now I have them. So it's cool. That's great. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea that you guys work that hands-on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are, a, you know, we have a wonderful crew. We have um, our great editor and a camera guy and, you know, but we don't have a lot of 
I do all the research and, you know, all of that generating of content and the writing on the blog and that's all us. So it's cool though, because it's kind of like, I call it my digital baby. So I kind of feel like, <laughs> I mean, if it's, I'm very protective of who I allow near my baby because it really is a, a projection of Chuck and I both. And so there's certain things sh that you certainly can outsource or things that, I mean, obviously I'm not going to sit down and become an editor and we have an amazing editor and he's incredible. He edits features and documentaries and all of that. And so I'm ha very happy to give him his time to do what he does with it. But again, I mean, I even, but I look through all the footage and I give him notes and cause I know there's specific things that I really want to make sure don't get cut or, you know, a certain tone or theme of the show. So I just really, it, it really is, a part of us. It's not just this random little thing that we throw together. Right. Yeah. And so, it, and, and Chuck's demo business demos that rock has been an incredible recipient of this show because we now do demos for people all over the world. And I now in the last uh, four years, I've been, I'm a copywriter. I, I write all the copy for the demos, the promos, the commercials, the narration, so I have this whole other separate career of copywriting. And that's really amazing doing all the research to generate content for someone's demo. I have to research the trends in advertising and, and in television and in um, all the different media so that I'm putting together content so that person's demo is the most relevant and the most current so that they can use it to launch what they want to do with their career. So got a lot of hats on, Randy. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds fascinating. That sounds like it could be a whole separate interview just talking about that oh stuff. Oh my gosh. I, it, it's so, I mean, I was always a journaler. I've had a journal since I was a kid. And it's funny because I'll sometimes go back and read my journals and I'm like, oh, please, what were you getting so upset about? But I love reading the different kind of times in my life and my Juilliard phase and all of that. But I've always loved to write and communicate and I always, I still write people handwritten cards and notes and thank you cards and birthday cards, but it's neat to, to expand my scope of writing. And so that's been a really, a really cool thing. And, and again, it's, it's, I like having more than one iron in the fire because I like having opportunities and also the ability to learn and stretch myself so that I don't, I don't get to status quo mode. I like to really stay fluid and loose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Not everybody can do that, but it's great that you can. Well, you know, it's I wonderful. usually try everything once, twice to be sure. And sometimes it sticks and sometimes I go, Woo. Okay. Like I don't, I, I love giving my taxes to my accountant. I have no interest <laughs> in doing that. I love helping put food on her table and feed her dogs because I'm like, you're amazing. Here you go. I'll give it to you nice and organized, and then I will leave you. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yes. Now, speaking of things you're passionate about, I know that you are also a huge animal lover and animal advocate. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll say now that also the two cats that we currently have were uh, rescue cats from an animal shelter. Oh, yay. And the one that I had before that, who I actually had for uh, right around 16 years, was a rescue off the street. Mm -hmm. um, oh, we, I was living at a mobile home park at the time, and the manager had uh, trapped it and brought it in. And he said, you know, if you want it, it's yours. Otherwise, we're going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I immediately went out and bought everything and 
brought her home. She was just a few months old at the time. And she was with me through four moves, college, getting married, all kinds of things. That's I just loved amazing. her to pieces. Yes. Oh gosh. Well, you you had a wonderful life together. That's I had a I had a Maine Coon cat for almost twenty years. And uh yeah, they are they are mad. I mean animals are just magic and part of my I mean my lifestyle is I try to obviously I don't eat meat and I try to wear vegan leather or, you know, I, and not use, um, makeup or products. I try to use cruelty free products. I mean, I try to walk the walk as much as I can. I mean, some of it's a health issue for me, but a lot of it is an animal cruelty issue. So, um, I'm just really passionate about making sure people know that spaying and neutering is so important. And, you know, I'm, my mom actually shared with me, my parents are in New York that New York just passed that it's illegal to declaw cats now. And I'm so happy about that because I feel like everyone else should comply and hopefully it will be a national legislation. But, you know, there are purebred rescues. I mean, some people are very adamant about wanting a purebred animal and that's all well and good, but there are purebred animals in shelters and there are rescue groups that focus on certain breeds of dogs and cats. So it's really, you know, just educating people and, and taking that extra step and maybe taking that little extra bit of time to try to help an animal that needs to have a home and, and maybe you find it on the street and maybe you find it from a rescue group or an organization. But I have on my website, a charity page where kind of my way to give people what they want and to help animals in return is they, there are pictures you can select one of six or, and, and I will personalize it to you or whomever. And then that donation will go towards different rescues and, and charity groups and organizations that are doing a lot to help end animal homelessness and, and prevent cruelty. So, um, you know, I feel like if everyone just did one small thing in their circle and that ripple effect would be really dramatic. And, you know, it is my huge wish that I'll be a, a major player in the end to animal homelessness in my own way. And so I'm just trying to do as much as I can in my way by rescuing my own animals and helping other people find rescue animals. Um, and, you know, I, I think that if we can treat our animals and our elderly and our veterans better, I think that will be a profound shift in our world and the whole culture. And so I think everyone has the power to bring on that change. No one is powerless. So I think people need to embrace their power and do what they can do and use their voice to bring about real change to help those that can't speak for themselves, whether it be a human being or an animal. Yeah, I've heard it said that the true test of a civilization is how they treat their very old, their very young, and the animals. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, social media has been really incredible because there are a lot of really responsible rescue groups and organizations that use social media to help find homes for animals or to bring about information that ends hoarding and ends situations where cruelty is happening. So that's really, really great. You're getting to reach more people. But then you also have to be careful because there are people that it's so wicked, but they will comb social media to find animals and, and do them harm. So you have to be really careful about what you put out there and how you put it out there because um, there are people using their powers for good and for otherwise. So Very true. Yeah. 
so yeah, if people want to go to stacyjaswat.com, the charity page, they can do that. And, you know, you can get a fun picture and I can send it to somebody. They'll, you know, and I sign it. It's not, people say, it's not you. I'm like, no, it is me. I sign everything myself. So it's my loopy handwriting that you would. <laughs> <laughs> and um, of course, I'm going to link to your website in the show notes, but I'll also put a specific link directly to the charity page. Oh, thanks. That way people can get to it with one click and it'll be nice and easy for them. Yes, because two clicks is so laborious, isn't it? Oh, right. Like, oh. Yeah, three clicks is just oh, uh, completely unrealistic. Deal breaker, yeah. right? That's <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably somebody listening right now going, hey, I'm going to get upset if I have to do more than two clicks and you're making fun of me. If I have to watch something longer than two minutes, if I have to do something more than three, it's crazy how how lazy people are getting. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get off that soapbox for now. Right, exactly. We'll kind of get into the wrap-up questions here. and Who knows, maybe we will do another one and talk even more about all of those other hats that you wear that you were talking about earlier. Okay. Just really sounds interesting. Uh, if you could have any job working for the Walt Disney Company, anything at all, doesn't even have to be a real job, you can make it up, uh, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question. Let me think about that. Um, I think it would be, well, I love to cook and bake, so that's why I'd be kind of weird, but I, I love in World Showcase all the different countries and all the different cuisine. Yeah. So I think maybe I would want to cook alongside someone who makes all the different authentic cuisine and learn from the real the real deal i mean i know i'm half lebanese and so i learned how to cook all the middle eastern food from my grandparents and my father and so i think that that would be really cool because i just think food is i mean my kitchen is my favorite room in the house and so i think that food is just it brings people together in a way sometimes that, you know, language can't or activities can't. So I think when you can sit around the table with people with good food, I think really magical things can happen. And I would say my second thing would be to ride the rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith on a loop all day. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my backup job. Okay. You may want to consider not being like an assistant to the head chef and riding rock and roller coaster all day at the same time. Oh my gosh, that, that, that is, I mean, between the rock music and the actual ride, I mean, I just, oh man, that is my happy place right there. <laughs> and did you know, and we don't have time to go into the actual detail of it, but did you know that there's a storyline connection between rock and roller coaster and Tower of Terror? You know, it's, I've heard little pieces, but I don't I, I don't think I have the full tale. And I wasn't sure if I had a reliable source telling me. The the one who told me about it is a um I can't remember what his actual title is, and he's probably gonna kick me for that sometime. But part of what he does is puts the show book together for an oh, attraction. So he's he's pretty legit. Yeah, he gathers everything up, and so and that's what then the cast members can use to reference the storyline and the details and things, so everybody has the same story that they can tell. Oh. So I will have to go back to what he said, and I'll either give you the link and tell you okay. where it is in the podcast so you can listen to it, or I can type it up and send it to you. So yeah, that would be great. Find out what that okay. is, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I certainly, I mean... I don't know nearly as much as as so many of you guys do know about, but I, I feel like I feel like little things have 
have kind of osmosis through my brain over 11 years, but there's so much. I mean, it's just encrusted with information. It's incredible. I love all the, all the trivia and the folklore and it's just so, it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And no one person can know everything. It's just not possible. Well, maybe Walt Disney, but who knows? (laughs) True. Very true. (laughs) Okay. Um, What inspires you? Hmm. Um, I'm inspired by change, by trying things that I've never done before. I don't like having the same day twice. So I like Mm -hmm. to, I just, I like, I inspire, I'm inspired by being better every day, by pushing myself, by being more creative, by being more flexible, by hiking a higher mountain, whatever it is, I'm, I'm always inspired by the fact that I'm not done yet. I'm always evolving. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's kind of my obligation to to not be complacent. You know, I've been given a lot of amazing opportunities. I'm told I have some talents here and there. Uh, I feel like I have some abilities. And so I feel like it's my duty to to just live hard, dream big, go full throttle and, um, not stop until my heart stops, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a great reference point. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. When my heart stops, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of people listening have their own dreams mm-hmm. and maybe it's to work for Disney. Maybe it's to do voiceover work or on camera work. Maybe it is something else completely different. Than, than all of those things. But, you know, some of those people that are listening have those dreams are afraid. Yeah. Maybe they've even forgotten that they had a dream once. You know, they've been told that's stupid. You can't do that. Or, you know, focus on something more important than that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And they've just, it's been shoved down so long that they've forgotten. Right. What advice do you have for that person? Oh, gosh. I, you know... What is that saying? Uh, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. I think mm-hmm. people have have more power than they think they have. I think that you're your own biggest advocate. Nobody is going to believe in your dream or in your abilities more than you are. And so I think it starts with getting your head right about what you want and what you're willing to do to get it because as much as our society is so instantaneous now and you click something and you can buy a car online and you can buy anything. I mean, like that Amazon, (laughs) that Amazon world, which is great and convenient, but I think that really lasting, really lasting life Um, and passion comes with time. You have to do your diligence. You have to put in the the sweat equity and and whatever it is. And if it's really something that is your truth that you must do, that there is not another option, it's part of your cells. It's how your lungs expand. And then I think no matter what, you have to just do something to push yourself forward into that direction every day. If it's reading something, doing an extra push-up, um, whatever it is that is going to help you be in a slightly different forward space than you were yesterday. 
you know, it, and, and surround yourself with people who aren't necessarily just going to say, oh, yeah, you're great, but that are going to encourage you when you forget that you can do something and that push you and help you that have their own dreams. Maybe they're not the same dreams as yours, but they are, they're on a path. They're on some sort of mission of their own. Because I think when you surround yourself with people that have ambition, people that are maybe a few steps from where you want to be, that you can emulate and be inspired by, I think that that was really helpful. I I don't really particularly believe in any kind of failure, because I think that as long as you keep getting up when you have a choice to, (laughs) I think that you've won. You know, I think that you're, you're on the right path. And, you know, no matter what, I mean, I don't think anyone's done. You know, you're not, it's like, okay, I did that. I'm done. I think that something's always happening and you may not see the progress, but if you can just keep pushing yourself forward, at some point you're going to turn around and go, oh my gosh, look at how far I've come. Look at what I've done. But you have to start. You just have to start. That's really great advice. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm looking in the mirror when I say it because I'm, you know, everyone's going to, you're, you're always going to sometimes have those days and you're like, oh, I can't believe, and you feel like you're, you're, you're treading water. But if you can figure out the opportunity in it and look at it as an opportunity and not a punishment, even when it's hard, then I think the way that those endorphins it releases in your body and just the way that you frame it to yourself of, okay, I have an opportunity to climb over this barrier and not, why is this happening to me? Oh, I'm being punished or this is so hard and it's not happening to anybody else. Everyone has their own struggles. We, we can never truly know what someone else is going through in any moment. And so if you can be kind to yourself and to who you c- come in contact with, it's just going to make everyone's journey a whole lot better. Absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. And now, finally, to wrap up here for tonight, it is shameless plug time. Oh. <laughs> I know you're very excited, right? Oh, me? <laughs> yes, it's your shameless plug I'll shameless time. plug you. Does everyone have your book? I, mean, <laughs> I don't think they do, but if you ever want to do a promo for it, I'd be happy to have one. <laughs> People need to read, and then you read it to your children. If you want to do voiceover, you can read your book and practice reading. Because if you don't like to read for long periods of time, voiceover is not for you. That's what I've heard. It's not just funny voices. And I mean, you have to, there's a lot that goes into it. So, right. Your book is a good place to start. Well, thank you. I guess I better put a link to my book in the show notes too. Yes. Hello. I demand, I demand it in my contract. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. But while we're putting links to my stuff in, how about for you? You know, ways people can get in touch with you on social media, website, VO Buzz Weekly, uh, of course, I'm going to put the link to your website and to the charities page, like we had oh, mentioned before. Thanks. Yeah, uh, com and VOBuzzWeekly.com or on YouTube. There's It's VOBuzzWeekly's channel. And Facebook, I'm at host Stacey J. Aswad. And Twitter and Instagram is at Stacey J. Aswad. And obviously, VOBuzzWeekly is also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you're interested in a great voiceover demo, you can go to Demos That Rock. Trying to think what else. I think that's all. Okay. Well, if you think of anything else, you just let me know. And That's a lot of link juice. I think we've linked our hearts out. I think you're right. And, of course, I mean, you know, support your local charities and animal shelters and, and your local uh, humane society chapters and all of that. So 
you know, don't be afraid to donate your time, whether you volunteer or, you know, you send a donation and, you know, sign the petitions. Those signatures matter when it comes to legislature, you know, legislation for animal cruelty and animal rights. So your voice matters for sure. Great reminder. Very great reminder. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me again tonight. Hopefully we don't have to wait two years to do this again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. and, And congratulations on everything with you. That brings us to the end of this week's show. A very special thank you to Stacey Aswad for being my guest and to you for listening. Remember to contact me for more information or to get a quote for the podcast cruise on the Disney Wonder in September of 2017. I want you to join us. All the contact information is in the show notes, so if you missed it at the start of the show, check it all out there. Now, since I've already asked you to do something, I won't overcomplicate this outro with a bunch more. Instead, I'll just say that I'd love to hear from you with a story about what you love about Disney, or if you're doing something because of that love for Disney. Email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, Stitcher Radio, or through Google Play Music. We're in a bunch of places for you to find us. If you like the show, please rate and review it in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. It really does help. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. You can also get all of our social media links there, so I won't run through them right now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.